0: Hallelujah. Glory be to the king. Hallelujah. Amen. We bless the name of Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Sweetest name I know. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful Sabbath day that you've given us, Lord. And Lord Jesus, we do ask for your presence to be mighty. In the midst of your people here this morning, teach us understanding, knowledge, and wisdom to overcome sin, hell, and the devil. To give us victory in our lives in the precious name of Jesus so we can magnify and be the kingdom witnesses that you've called us to be as your people. We will bless your name and lift it up and not be ashamed of it forever and ever. Amen. Hey, um, bless y'all maybe see did one of y'all bring the apocrypha with y'all nobody bought it yeah here yeah, i think i locked the door Here, yeah, run and get it because that's something i want to read how's everybody doing well y'all blessed you blessed that you you ain't dead in your sins That's true, isn't it? Bro, Juan, you losing weight, ain't you? (laughs) I told him, I said, don't worry about it. Being around here, we'll do something about it. We'll do something about that. (laughs) Yeah, I ain't going to know him in about a month, Christy. He seems very happy. Ain't no seeing he is happy. Ask him. He works too. We don't sit around here and let grass grow under our feet. We work. We don't sit around and drink coffee and sip and quote scriptures to each other all day, do we? Mm-mm. No, but we do serve the Lord. I had one guy some years ago. He was gonna what he said was that matter of fact what he was doing, he's planned on giving eighty thousand dollars to the ministry. And I and I looked at that and I go, hmm. Hmm. And he wanted to move here. Wouldn't you think eighty thousand dollars would be a good reason for somebody to move here? Boy, did I block that one didn't I? Hmm. Somebody said, Pastor out, what are you doing? I said, $80,000 is not worth 80,000 headaches. And I made sure he didn't get here. Now, I didn't tell him personally, but I threw up all kinds of roadblocks. Uh-oh. Said a lot of people don't know that story. Because, boy, he was going to be, whew, you could just see it and he wanted to move here and I'm sitting up here on the inside no you don't either and so without me expressing no you don't I just behaved a certain way and threw up certain roadblocks in front of him to make sure that he wasn't going to get here he even had the approval of the other preacher and everything had the approval of everybody oh yeah and I'm sitting up here like this Help me, Holy Ghost. What can I do to make sure he ain't getting here? Because I don't want his $80,000. And lo and behold, he ain't here. Hmm. And if I was a man after mammon, I would have took the $80,000, dealt with 80,000 headaches, and it didn't say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Ain't too many preachers gonna turn down eighty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. If God ain't in it, I'll turn down twenty billion dollars. And that's just the truth. Yeah. So brother Juan is here. Yeah, stand up for a second, brother Juan. Come on up here, put that thing down, brother. Show us, come on up front, show us your profile. <laughs> turn around, brother. Just turn around. Turn so side profile there, Danny. And he's losing weight. Cause you know that's one of the curses for being here straightway. Bless you, brother. And he's happy too, and because he he's gonna keep on losing weight too. Cause um, we make sure, and brother Doug really makes sure that brother Juan works. <laughs> now you don't have to really make. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, and and I'm gonna tell you one reason why that I, I wouldn't let that man move here because he's just gonna be a hindrance when it comes to being a man. He didn't have a work ethic. So a lot of times when you, uh, the Bible says if a man don't work, he shouldn't what? But believe it or not, in our generation, people believe that you ought to eat and not work. And so when we start tearing down all these little American ways about us, it offends a lot of people. If you think that you went and lifted three glasses of water and you done done enough for a week and somebody say, come on, we got another glass for you to lift here, you're going to get offended. I remember some time ago, we had a guy here, and uh, we ain't going to call nobody by name, Eric Funk. <laughs> and um, he, he came to the house one day, and he says, he says to me, he says, you don't do nothing. And I said, let me tell you something. As long as you're here, you ain't going to never see me do nothing. I ain't going to lift a finger, but you you going to get out there and get to work. He got more offended. And then right before he was getting ready to leave and stuff, I said, you know, this person that you say that don't do nothing, how do you think these buildings got laid? These fields got sold and this fence been put up. Who built the roof trusses? Now, yeah, I had a lot of help in doing all this, but there's only one block layer at this community. There used to be some that called themselves block layers, but if I'm laying 20 blocks so there are five against two people in 20 and, and um if i land 20 blocks and they lay five blocks and there's two of them how much work are they doing that's just it. i tell you boy and you got to understand when we see things certain way that's what we see that's what we think it is so i made sure i fed that spirit here is so that you ain't gonna never see me do nothing long as you here since his attitude changed Somebody said, well, Pastor, what are you doing? Well, the Bible says you ought to try the spirits to see whether they be of God. And you know, today we don't want no spirits tried. And if anybody who tries our spirits, we call them the devil. Well, that principle first starts with you. You try your spirit to see whether you be of God. Hmm? And that says try every spirit now. That starts with you because you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. And so there's a lot of things. I can tell you right now that there's a lot of things of living at this community that that I've gone through and understood in life that I would never have had the experience if I still lived what we call out in the world. I would never be in the spiritual maturity that I am now if it wasn't for this place. I would just be just like any old other religious preacher. I wouldn't know what it means to go through brotherly love and then make sure you make you make sure you let that strive and continue among you. Well, I know what it means to live a crucified life and to be crucified and to have anybody else's best interest in mind if I wasn't here. Now, I'm not saying that it can't be done here, but I'm telling you what, I couldn't do it without being here. That's me personally. And that, that comes because I know what it means to live out there, to have a family, and to sustain my own. And I know what it means to live here. So the blessed benefit of anything, that if somebody don't live here and you're able to come here, you're more blessed than anybody out there in this world. You are more blessed than anybody. Now, the problem with with being there and not here all the time is this. We can't watch you all the time. See, around here, we can watch each other and so see around here if you show out everybody know you show out if, you, if out there you show out nobody knows you show out because all we see is your smiley face the next day see you don't hide here everybody sees you Amen. you know what I mean you, you can't be a hypocrite you, you can be try to be a hypocrite but everybody going to know you're a hypocrite Oh, that, that's right and here we work I didn't say you didn't work I said we work do we work brother Juan Yes, sir. His stomach wouldn't get bigger if we wasn't working. Or wouldn't get smaller, rather, if we wasn't working. So we work here. You better believe it. Believe in work. I'll tell you the reason why I believe in hard work. Because the Bible said that is the only pleasure you're going to get out of this life. Pastor Dow, you ain't got no Bible for that. I got a whole bunch of it. Got a whole bunch of it, so we don't believe in. See, if a man is lazy, it affects not only him but his whole family. The, the scripture that God or the word that God uses sluggard, and then God even appeals to us, and He said, "You even consider your ways." So I mean, because I mean, come on, work ain't never hurt nobody. Some people built, and Brother Doug and I was talking at the front gate, I think it was on maybe yesterday. And we was talking about how that, you know, people are built for different things. And I said, Brother, I tell you, I, man, I can't stand sitting behind that computer. It's got my tailbone hurting. Because I've been working on the forum room for the last few days. Um, and I said, Brother, I just don't see how people can do it all their life. He said, yeah, believe it or not, some people actually can do that and build for us and not me. I said, I'd rather get out here. I said, it's a blessing for me to get out here and stink and to sweat. Let <laughs> me get out here and sweat, brother. And that's just me personally. Now, maybe, you know, many people may not share that opinion, but to me, boy, <sighs> that's sitting behind the computer stuff, man. I forget that junk. I didn't say that some people couldn't do it, but, man, I don't want to do it. Not for no living. Glad I ain't doing it for no living either. That stuff's crazy. Instead about looking at a one-eyed monster and they sitting back and looking at you. You know what I mean? But there are certain things we got to do in order to accomplish certain things. Is that not so, brothers and sisters? So you make sure that when y'all hear me talk, you don't get condemned by certain aspects of you because that is not my intent. My intent is never to injure, but however, if you are injured, we got some healing balm, but we're not going to stop the cut. There's a lot of things that will show out amongst you when you're around the brother and all the time. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. You get the opportunity to love the brother the more you're around him. Uh-oh. That's why it's good that we keep a close-knit fellowship and we believe in order and authority because God has established it. Is that not, is that not so? That's right. You got a brother tell you to do something and you sitting in your bed and don't feel like or in your little, um, we call them caves. You don't feel like coming out, you're going to get met by the welcoming party. Now, we don't have to deal with that too much because around here we usually have a willing spirit that whenever we know that there's um, something that needs to be done, everybody just jumps right on in and do it, and we finish with it. We actually get more leisurely time now than we did ever before. If there was ever an opportunity for somebody to fall away, you could have did that the first couple of years because we work from sun up to sun down. I made sure of it because I was there too. I was the driving force behind it, the man that don't do nothing. You know, all I do is just sit up in air-conditioned rooms and fan myself and talk on walkie-talkies. Believe it or not, people believe that stuff. But if you don't work on yourself, you don't challenge yourself, there will never be a change. That's why we're here on Sabbath. To learn the instructions of the Lord. Amen. To learn his precepts. Is that right? There are just some facts of life. Is it not, brother? Is it not? There's just some facts of life. So we believe in godly order, authority, and perspective. We really do. And everybody has a particular place in the body. Yeah, right? So, y'all yeah, remember Brother Juan's side profile? Because it's going to be smaller next week. And it's going to be smaller than that the week after that. I looked at him. I said, Man, you. Hey, I sometimes make the mistake of calling him Mexican because he's not a Mexican, because he's a Colombian, right? I said, Man, you Colombian Mexicans or something else. Y'all want not come and be Americans and then turn around and get fat like Americans, too. Yes, look at this him. Muscle. this muscle. <laughs> say, look at him. And he don't get offended. I can say that same thing to you, no telling what may happen. Well, <laughs> huh? Well, this broom been sweeping for a couple of weeks now. So far, it's still sweeping pretty good, isn't it? Still sweeping pretty good. How many times you cooked since you've been here? This, 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 since you've been living here? Yeah, how many times have you cooked? Cooked a meal for us. Has he cooked a meal for us? That's what I'm talking about. Nah. See, he can cook, but he ain't cooking. He gonna get out here and cook his son. (laughs) That's what he gonna do. Mm-hmm. So I deal with the cook my, cook my back. <laughs> See, we deal, so I deal with the brethren a little bit more. So I expect the older sisters to deal with the sisters. Really? I, I'm, I'm a little bit more proactive with the brethren than I am with the sisters. Amen, because we, we don't breed no cowards around here. We face the issues and face the facts. And when Brother Juan came here, the first day he's here, I point that stomach and say, You're going to lose that. That. It's going to be lost. Hallelujah. And that's good. He enjoys it. Hmm? He's riding a tractor. He what? You start your colon clean. Ooh. Who Lord. I mean, I, I do understand what it means to have mercy for those who take those colon pills. Because that thing, brother, if you never knew you had stomach muscles, they'll let you know real quick. You ain't used them in a long time, but boy, they'll get the rolling for you. Ooh. Oh, mercy. It is a blessing, isn't it? well that's good we're interested in help. the form is coming pretty good I've been working on it and um, yeah you give about a month or so it'd be a whole bunch of more people getting in there and they'll be blasting as usual this one is a little bit more extensive than the other because it has a lot more filters to it um, has a whole lot more to it than V Bulletin do or did um, of course you can see I've really been working a lot by all the posts and everything I've been putting up there to get people to um, work I mean to think a little bit because they will. They'll click on it. What in the world is this? Then they'll find out all this truth. Brothers and sisters, we're supposed to be helpers one to another, not hinderers one to another. We're supposed to be helpers one to another in the fear of the Lord. Now, I heard about Sister Ashley had found a place and she was moving. She called up and with a cheerful voice. Hey, pastor, going to be moving. I just thought I called to get some help, but I said, Sister, we already got there in our plan. As soon as we found out, we, we, we already had planned for that. You have to understand. And I understand. See, when you've been out in the world for so long, we all been out in the world so long, your mind thinks a certain way. And you're usually kind of apprehensive. And I'm not talking about this for Ashley. I'm just talking about it in general. Your mind is usually kind of apprehensive in asking somebody to do something. You know, because well I got to do this and I got to do that and, and you you inconveniencing me and, and, and It is that not so. Nobody like to ask me. Hm Did you did you say, Can we do a favor? Can you do me a favor, Pastor? I said, No, we're gonna we'll do the father's will. Amen. Ain't no big deal to us because you know, when you are our brother or sister, to me, person, I told you my stance, I take that for life. And I'll be a brother like a brother that you never had. And a sister. I can't be the sister, but the sisters can be a sister. Like the sisters that you never had. So therefore, we commit ourselves to each other. And so therefore, when you're in the family, you're in the family, no matter what you're doing in life. You are part of the family and the body, and we spent and will be spent for you because that's the way that the Bible teaches and we do that so that's the only way we can see the blessings of the Lord is when we submit ourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord so I don't care who you are where you are if you're in this particular local or this little assembly right here we are committed to you 100% now some years ago I had four or five people wanted to move here I said nope stay where you're at you just stay right where you at. God don't want everybody to be here. If God want everybody to be here. He would have gave me 500 acres. <laughs> I wish people could be content where they're at. I really truly do. Amen. Because that's some of us sitting right in here. You wouldn't have still been here. Two years ago, I mean, when we first started the first couple of years, you'd kick traces. Say so ain't no way God in this. Because, boy, all kind of hell and flesh showed out. we here to give all these experiences that we've learned with wisdom to you so you don't have to experience that. If we can give you the wisdom of what we've gone through and you don't have to experience and you can understand and receive it, you're just as blessed as we are. That is the truth. You don't have to go through the same heartache, pain, and hell that we had to go through in order to get it. Get it without the heartache, pain, and hell. That sounds good to me. The less pain, more the blessings. Oh, about you know, Sister Chris, you you start losing some weight. You hear me? You start losing some weight. You can't lose no weight. You come here. Well, well, he'll help you and Axel out. Real quick. Yes, sir. Maybe we have to send a sister up there and post them up there in your house. <laughs> Look at them looking at me. Mm-hmm. Because you don't do something about it, these things going to show up. I mean, they're going to show up, brothers and sisters. They will show up. I heard somebody say, well, my granddaddy smoked cigarettes till you, 108, but you ain't your granddaddy. Who say you going to get to 108? If you know what David said, David asked the Lord one day, why in the world does it seem like the wicked, wicked, wicked just prosper and they live for? All? My, my, my. What in the world? Hmm? Y'all need to consider that, brothers and sisters. So, you know, if you didn't have a reason to strive, every single day of your life there ain't no need in being a Christian there's no need in being holy but let me tell you something the more you find out about God the more peace and contentment you get the more peace and contentment you get the more godly you are the more godly you are the more your relationship grows with him and then you figure out that you're not serving some fictitious being way off in the wild blue yonder somewhere but he's real and his word is real Hallelujah It's just the truth Amen I heard you made an mittens the other day That there was a bunch of hell in you Is that right Well you're going to do something besides sit there like a bump on the log You got to get it out You can't sit there and just keep saying I got hell in me I got hell in me Then when it comes time to get out you do like it. That ain't going to do nothing You got to take action Is that right you're going to have to take action. Sister Cindy took action. So Cindy got a certain spirit she's dealing with. She wants to get out and everything. She take action. She does it with diligence too. I'll be there. I said, okay, so we're going to pray for you. I said, I'll be there tonight. I didn't say night, but I'll be there. <laughs> but that's the way it all be because remember we teach persistence bring deliverance. And I told you, none of you are, are never inconvenienced me. I'll let you know when you become an inconvenience. You won't be an inconvenience. I'll just say Not at this time. But you're never an inconvenience to me for no reason, shape, fashion, or form in any aspect at all. The scriptures teach we are helpers one to another in the fear of the Lord. Wouldn't you do anything in your power to help us, Brother Mike? Wouldn't you, Sister Ashley? Wouldn't you do it? See, they would bend over backwards and do it. So why wouldn't we do the same thing? See, when we have this mutual understanding, then all the fears that the enemy puts inside of our minds or try to place in our conscience just goes away. Is that right? The other day, I asked Brother Ed, I said, how much offering can I give you for this? Because that job he did would have probably been about not including the parts, just a $300 job. Is that somewhere along in the ballpark? Close to it? Somewhere? See, somewhere along in there. And I said, how much can I give you for offering? he looked at me zero. And he came... End looking like somebody dipped him in a grease barrel. Cindy said, Did you wash? He said, Yeah, I washed my hand I go, I didn't say nothing. I was like, Boy, he showed me some spots. Head came in the house looking black as my shirt. <laughs> huh? But this is the way it's supposed to be in the body of Christ, brother. So we're supposed to help each other. Hallelujah. It's like Sister Marley's gone up home to help our dad and them and I said I told her I said you stay two weeks I don't know about two weeks how long is she supposed to be there I said two weeks oh, man, you stay there two weeks keep messing around you may be there a month I just didn't come up with two weeks just because I come up with it on my own somebody got to hear from the Holy Spirit don't they hmm Now, we always say, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Now, how in the world is God going to tell you his will? See, we don't like that, but God does tell you his will through other men. You know, Saul was doing pretty good, pretty good until he started rebelling against God. But in order for Saul to do God's will, he had to hear from the prophet. And he kept telling the prophet, what was the best for him and his people. And Samuel's like, what in the world? Saul just thought he could just smooth things over just with a sacrifice. You know, let's make it right with God. Come on, Samuel, let's just make it right with God. We'll do sacrifice. He said, man, you think God even cares about your burnt offerings and sacrifice? God wants obedience. That is better than sacrifice in his eyes. Of course, Saul kept on doing what? His own little old will. Until he got cut off. <clears throat> That's what happens when you get cut off. You start looking for answers in all wrong places. You have to take this thing serious. Just the other day I was listening to a message because I'm Condensing down the envy message. So, see, I got all this stuff I'm doing. Y'all don't even know what I'm doing. I was condensing it down, listening to some testimonies. Some of the people, I go, wow, wow, wow. Huh. Lord, Lord, Lord. So, I get to hear my testimony all the time, and you get to hear because I'm always preaching and telling on myself. So, I get to testify all the time. I get to testify how good God is. I get to testify um, things we, we go, I'm going through, what we need to go through. How I need to get strong and strengthen, you just have to be able to have the ears to hear. You have to be tuned into that channel. But if you hear, you can hear. And I say, wow, 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 my, 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 my. Isn't that something? Wow. How have the mighty fallen? Somebody say, well, who are you to say that somebody's fallen? Well, I don't, personally, within people themselves, I can't say that they've fallen. All I have to do is just follow the scriptures, which says, by their fruit, you shall know them. Does a tree that is ever full of health and nutrients and vitamins, remember, does it ever stop producing fruit? When it starts producing fruit, the Bible said it's twice dead and I'll be plucked up by the root. It's it's ready to be chopped down, hewn down and cast into the fire to be burned. One man made a petition one time, said, Lord, let me just dung the tree. Come on, just let me dung it for a little while. And then after a season, if it doesn't produce, then do with it as you will. Well, you can do what you want to do, but I'm telling you what, the thing ain't going to live. And we forgot these accounts. Right down the book. So, see, and each of you are a tree. And you are required to bear fruit regardless of what may be going on in what you call your little life. The scriptures teach, let everyone that name the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. So if you name the name of Jesus, it's time for you to depart from a wicked way. Hallelujah. Truth. Hallelujah. With that, we're going to go ahead and get started right here. I want to read you something out of the wisdom of Solomon, okay? You know, around here, I often talk about discipline, do I not? I mean you can tell so a lot of people you know I used to have people here to tell me that we ain't in no military I say you in the army of the Lord does the Lord got an army yeah. yeah but we ain't no soldiers well the Bible said I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord he said you need to do something to try to please him who has called you to be called a what good soldier so where in the world you get all this stuff from and in order to be an army of the Lord you must have discipline and you must be disciplined is that right? Let me read you a quote from wisdom, okay? And I want you to really listen. I'm going to try to read this with the best understanding that I know how. But let these sayings sink down into your heart. We have not forgotten about getting um, these, these books for everybody. We will do it, all right? But listen, here. Therefore, O ye kings, and understand, learn, ye that be judges of the ends of the earth, give ear. Ye that rule the people and glory in the multitudes of nations for power is given you of the Lord and your works and to search out your counsels because being ministers of his kingdom, ye have not judged aright. Somebody So I said, who are talking to? Now let me ask you, is he just talking to the leaders or is he talking to everybody? The Bible teaches us we're kings and priests. Is that not so? All right. Now listen, listen. You have not judged the right nor kept the law, nor walked after the counsel of God. Horribly and speedily shall he come upon you for a sharp judgment shall be to them that be in high places. A sharp judgment shall be to them that are aware in high places for mercy will soon pardon the meanest but mighty man shall be mightily tormented for he which is lord over all shall fear look at this no man's person neither shall he stand in awe of any man's greatness that lord is talking about the king for he have made the small and great and careth for all alike but a sore trial shall come upon them or shall come upon the mighty unto you therefore O kings do I speak that ye may learn wisdom and not fall away did you hear that for they that keep holiness somebody say holiness, holiness. holy shall be judged holy So if you keep holiness, you hear that? Holy shall be judged holy. So that automatically lets us know if you don't keep holiness, then how are you going to be judged? Unholy, holy according to how you judge. So you keep it. Now listen very closely. Listen, listen, real close now. And they that have learned such things. Somebody say learned. Is that a reason why we're all here? So I'm a preacher, I don't mind telling you that a a lot of times I'm up here preaching and teaching these messages and I'm learning as I go. I'm in a process of learning just like you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just the truth. Look what he says now. Man, this is good. And they that have learned such things shall find what to answer. Wherefore, set your affections upon my words. Desire them and ye shall be instructed wisdom is glorious and never fadeth away yea she is easy she is easily seen did y'all hear that of them that love her who is easily a seen who is easily seen to them that love her wisdom is did you hear that is that beautiful what And found of such as seek her. She preventeth them that desire her in making herself first known unto them. Whoso seeketh her early shall have no great travail. For he shall find her sitting at his doors. To think thereof upon her is perfection of wisdom. And whoso watcheth for her shall quickly be without care. For she goeth about seeking such as are worthy of her. soweth herself favorably unto them in the ways and meeteth them in every thought. For the very true beginning of her is the desire of discipline. Did y'all hear that? The very true beginning of her, speaking wisdom, is the desire of discipline. See, that's why I say, isn't that something? That's one thing I stand for a lot around here. And and, and matter of fact, stand for it, preach it, and teach it. The very beginning of, oh, isn't that something? That's the one I want to get to right there. If you ever want wisdom, look. For the very true beginning of her is the desire of discipline. You know we live in a time where we like being lax, lazy, stand for nothing, fall for everything. Only the things that's of interest to us. You know what I mean? But look at this. Look at this subtle part. And the care of discipline is love. What words? What words? How you put that in modern day language? where well, the only people that is ever going to be blessed by wisdom are those who are seeking for discipline. Who live a strict adherence to the word of God. That's the only ones who understand discipline. It even tells you what the mindset of the world is in this particular book. Now, let me read you. Let me go on for a second. And love... Is the keeping of her laws. Isn't that something? And the giving heed unto her laws. Is the assurance of incorruption. You don't want to be corrupted. Then develop a life of discipline. Of strict obedience and adherence to the words of God. Beautiful isn't it? And incorruption maketh us near unto God. Therefore, the desire of wisdom bringeth to a kingdom. Isn't that amazing? That is something. Now, while I was reading that the other day, show you the mindset of this world. Do y'all want to hear it? And I said, boy, if this thing don't have the human spirit pegged and nailed, I don't know what does. Listen. For the ungodly said, reasoning within themselves, but not all right. Our life is short and tedious. And in the death of a man, there is no remedy. Neither was there any man known to have returned from the grave. For we are born at all adventure, and we shall be hereafter as though we had never been. For the breath in our nostrils is a smoke, and a little spark in the moving of our heart, which being extinguished, our body shall be turned into ashes, and our spirit shall vanish as the soft air, and our name shall be forgotten in time, and no man shall have our works in remembrance. And our life shall pass away as the trace of a cloud and shall be dispersed as a mist that is driven away with the beams of the sun and overcome with the heat thereof. For our time is a very shallow and passeth away. And after our end, there is no returning for it is fast sealed so that no man cometh again. Come on therefore and let us Enjoy the good things that are present and let us speedily use the creatures like as in youth. Let us fill ourselves with costly wine and ointment and let no flower of the spring pass by us. And let us crown ourselves with rosebuds therefore they be withered. Let none of us go without his part of our voluptuousness. Let us lead let us leave tokens of our joyfulness in every place for this is our portion and our lot is this. Let us oppress the poor righteous man and let us not spare the widow nor reverence the ancient gray hairs of the age. Let us strength, let our strength be the law of justice for that which is feeble is found to be not nothing worthy. Therefore let us lie in wait for the righteous because he is not for our turn and he is clean contrary to our doings he upbrave us with his offending the law and objecting to our infamity the transgressions of our education he professes to have the knowledge of God and he calleth himself the child of the Lord he was made to reprove our thoughts he is grievous unto us even to behold for his life is like other men's his ways are of another fashion we are esteemed of him as counterfeits and abstain from our ways as the filthiness he pronounced the end of the just to be blessed and make a boast and make his boast that God is his father let us see if his words be true and let us prove what shall happen to the end of him for he is just a man be the son of God he will help him and deliver him from the hands of his enemies. Let us examine him with despitefulness and torture that we may know the meekness and reprove his patience. Let us condemn him with shameful death for by his own sayings he will be respected for such they did imagine and were deceived and their own wickedness have blinded them. As for the mysteries of God, they knew them not, neither hope hope. They are the wages of righteousness, nor discern the reward for blameless soul. For God created man to be immortal and to made him to be an image of his own eternity. Nevertheless, through envy of the devil came the death into the world. And they that do hold of his side do find it. Do you understand what y'all hearing so far? If you don't, you do or don't. No, you don't. What's going on here is that here's a particular people thought that what they have in their mind about the righteous people. And they're actually describing the righteous people to a T, but it is contrary to the way that they believe. Did y'all hear that? So that's where preaching comes in. And so what they was doing is saying, i tell you what we do. Since our life, and they explain like it's a vapor mist and it ain't worth nothing and stuff, let us go ahead and do all the things that we need to do in this life to enjoy because hereafter there will be no more. That's their thought pattern. Hmm? And then they're actually telling some of the character of the, the ones that are just, the ones that are true and holy. In other words, we are the ones that condemn them. And they don't like being condemned. So they say, I'll tell you what we do. Let us go ahead and oppress them and see if their God would deliver them. Let us go ahead and, and uh, make an end of them and see if the Lord is their Lord. Because everything that they have and all the laws that they believe, they walk after a different beat of the drum than we do. Their nation is of another nation. Their laws is of another laws. The people is another people. So let us oppress them. Now, I don't have time to go through and spend all this but this is some of the things you can get and I keep saying to myself no wonder they don't want this book in people's hands and if you were the devil and you're not you wouldn't want it in nobody's hands either because they may get it and understand it and then apply the principles thereof, and then the devil really got trouble because it does reveal a lot about the nature of man amen we're going to go on a little bit about the principality of bitterness amen a principality of bitterness and make no mistake about it he is a principality amen Amen. Psalms 139 24 says and see if there be you hear that and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting David in his prayer was asking God to search him David was asking God to show him his heart David was asking God for a measure of purification that he couldn't obtain to himself. It had to be showed him. And so David asked God to put a search life upon himself, his life. David asked for God, God, I want you to show me if there is any wicked way in me at all. And when you show me, Lord, I want you to lead me in the way of everlasting. Jeremiah 17, 9 says that the heart is deceitful above all things. Is that right? Now, things, that is things. Above all things, the heart is deceitful and it is desperately wicked. In other words, our heart is more prone and more easy to desire wickedness than it is righteousness. Do you all understand that? It said it is deceitful above all things and it is desperately wicked and then the scripture goes on to say who can know it you follow me now we as a people we really believe and think that we know our heart and when we do that we have deceived ourselves because the scripture says clearly that the heart is deceitful above all things and is desperately wicked who can know it the only one that knows it is god because god said he is the one that tries the heart he is the one that tries the reins of it there So if we're going to know our heart, we're going to have to be able to see our heart in light of the way that God sees it. Because other than that, we will smooth it over and cover it over and we will think that our heart is set alright when it's really afar off. Amen? So the truth is, our heart expresses and shows and it reveals to us our feelings and emotions. Is that right? If you really want to know what somebody's heart is really truly all about, you have nothing more than to do than listen to the words that are coming out of their mouth. Amen? Because out of the abundance of the what? Heart, the mouth speaketh. Amen? And out of the heart also flows the issues of life. In other words, what's important to me. So if you want to know what's going on in the internal man, All you have to do is listen to what's coming out of the mouth and it reveals the heart. Now, the word of God says that the heart is deceitful above all things. And his heart is desperately wicked. You know, we live in a generation where people think that this one time thing of being saved, that they have no need to do anything else in their life. They have no reason to be sanctified. They have no reason to purify themselves. But the scriptures don't teach that salvation is just the beginning of your walk in in order for you to to get into the eternal kingdom is that right and we must be and have to be sanctified holy right now in this present world if we're expecting to make the kingdom our home can you say amen? amen in other words we got a job to do we got something to do the bible teaches us that we ought to purify ourselves even as he is pure and the question is how pure is Jesus huh how pure is he Well, you know, they say that the best you can get of gold is 99.9. Well, Jesus is 100%. And that is our measuring stick and standard for pureness. Now, the only way you can purify yourself, you can't go take some soap and then scrub your nasty flesh and expect to be pure because you're going to stink again. It's not talking about this. It's talking about purification of the soul and the spirit. You see, we were all born in sin and shaping in iniquity. So even after conversion, even after we have been born again and God has had grace and mercy upon us and filled us with his Holy Spirit, there is a life of purification that is set before us. There is something that we've got to do. The scripture says, I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord. So it's not enough to just purify the spirit and do nothing about the soul. It's not enough to just purify the soul and concentrate on it and do nothing about the body. It's not enough to do everything you can about the body and neglect the spirit and the soul. Amen. The spirit, the soul, and the body makes up one. One man, one person in Christ Jesus. And God requires sanctification because this is the will of God, even your sanctification. Amen so God wants us to be holy even as he is holy now we cannot trust our feelings and emotions because they will lie to us our feelings and emotions are more in tune with the way our heart is than where way our mind which should be transformed in the Lord is amen now we are charged by God in James 4 8 I'm going to read James 4 8 through verse 10 the scriptures teach us and this is the instruction of the righteous draw nigh to God do you hear that? draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Now that's based on conditions. The conditions is don't sit in your place or your seat of understanding and just say God, 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 God. Come, 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 come. That ain't the way it works. The way it works is is you draw nigh to him. You take the step towards him. Do y'all understand that? So the instruction is you draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Did you hear that? Then it says this, cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Did you hear that? That means you get about washing yourself first. Because God is not going to change the way he's done anything, brothers and sisters. Before Moses and the people, of children of Israel, the Hebrew people was able to appear before God, they had to go through certain ceremonial washings in order to come in his presence. Amen. It's still the same requirement today. Amen. You may be coming a wretch and undone, but you better get some cleaning about yourself before you come in his presence. Amen, because see, it's this cleaning process. It's this sanctification process which reveals to the Spirit of God how serious you are about being holy. Amen. Amen. Now, people, are, you know, they have made us believe that you can just appear before God any old kind of way, and they quote the scriptures, let us come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy, yeah? You can come boldly, but you better come based on the conditions and the prescribed way that the word has and has outlined for us to come. You better make sure you've done some type of cleaning, some type of purifying, and some type of cleansing before you bring your wretched self up before the Holy Ghost. Amen? Hallelujah so the Bible says this you cleanse your hands ye sinners and then it says this, watch this now purify here, here, and purify your hearts now this is our job don't expect the Holy Ghost to do this for you this is our job to do the purifying the cleansing of our hands and the purifying our hearts are you following me is done of our own free will it's the acknowledging of the truth that God's word is true plus nothing That's it. And then it says this. And your hearts ye double-minded. Because we know the Bible says the double-minded person is unstable in how many ways? All of their ways. Then the instruction is be afflicted and mourn and weep. And let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Why? Because the scripture said it is better for you to go to the house of what? mourning then to the house of what mirth are you following me because there's a lot of people in the assemblies shouting in iniquity praising god and singing and think that god is receiving that sacrifice he ain't gonna do it brothers and sisters then the bible says humble yourselves did you hear that That means you, brother. So that means me. That means every single person that names the name of Jesus on his face of planet Earth, in order to come in his presence, you must first be humbled. And he ain't going to do it for you. He said you humble yourself. Did you hear that? You humble yourself. Now, the only way we can humble ourselves is to submit ourselves to the will of God. Did y'all hear that? We must submit ourselves to the will of God. And that's where the humbling process begins because we have a way that we think that is right we have a way that we think that the way it should be and ought to be but God gives us his way in the instruction book is that right he says you humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and that's now mind you this is the condition first after you humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord he said then he shall lift you up hear that and he shall lift you up you know why because you can't come before him prideful and haughty arrogant. I didn't expect God to lift you up. Is that right? 2nd Timothy 2:20 says now look at this. We're going to draw an analogy here. We're going to read 2nd Timothy 2:20-21. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth. And some to honor and some to dishonor. Did you hear that? if a man therefore purge himself see there we are again if a man therefore do what purge himself that means you're going to, to do something about making yourself squeaky clean amen you can't go after the things that you see and call yourself clean you're going to, have to go after yourself in the light of God's word and then cleanse yourself according to the purification process that is set forth by the Holy Ghost in the written word of God amen he says if the man therefore purge himself From these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. You see, everybody in the assembly wants to be used by God. Everybody in the assembly wants God's will to be done. But don't nobody want to do anything about cleaning themselves so that they can be used by God. God got enough sense to know that if he turned around and used us in the idamic in nature that we um, seem to persist to, to a possess right now, that we would do everything we can to take his glory rather than him getting the glory. Amen? Luke 11. Luke 11 starting at verse 24. Am I going too fast for y'all? Are y'all really listening? The Bible says this in Luke 11, starting in verse 24. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man. So don't tell me that the unclean spirits is in the world, but it's not in the church. When it says man, it's talking about man in general, mankind. It's giving us an analogy. So it does let us know where unclean spirits reside. Yes or no? When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. Are you following me? So it must be pretty wet in our home then, huh? If he's walking through dry places, he can rest and find none. Is that right? He saith. Who saith? The Spirit saith. I will return unto my house whence I came out. He considers your body his house. Naturally, we got our own dwelling places we go to and we call it our home, right? Is that right? this is the same way that these spirits draw analogy towards us the human bodies that's why Jesus speaking as clear as he can to try to reveal to us something that is not seen to make it seen and known to our conscience, so we can understand what's going on so an unclean spirit is gone out of a man his secret rest can't find none so what's, what's, what, you know, what's amazing to me is we are here bought and purchased possession by the precious blood of Jesus is that right that it's amazing how that these spirits still hold fast to their testimony that you are their house. And when he cometh, he finds it is swept and garnished. In other words, it's been clean. That's what deliverance does, right? Is that, is that, is that not what deliverance does? It, it cleans us, sweeps us. Is that right? Then look what the script said. Then he, talking about the unclean spirit, and talketh to seven other spirits, More wicked. Hear that? More wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. Dwell where? Back into that body. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. The last state of who? That man is worse than what? The last state means the last state of mind. The last state of condition. The last state of the way that that man used to be. Is worse than what it was with him from the beginning. Is that right? You know, a lot of people like to question deliverance ministries over and over again. Um, those who preach deliverance because they say, well, if the people have received deliverance and if God healed it, then why come that they turned around and they were sick again or they um, seemed to got back the same old things? I said, no, you're wrong about that. They didn't get back the same old things. They got worse. They got more. See, they think that just because God delivered them that they gave them some type of approval that they was approved before God and they can return back to their wicked ways and they're all right. The reason why people get worse is because they refuse to sanctify themselves. The reason why they get worse is because they refuse to purify themselves. The reason why they get worse is because they didn't want to do what God told them to do. Amen? Jesus often gave the statement, you go and sin no more lest a worse thing come upon you. Deliverance doesn't mean that you're sanctified before God. Deliverance means that now you have more power to be pure before God. You have more power to, be, to live upright and walk upright before God. Amen? That's what it means. It doesn't mean that you turn around and allow and you, you got a, a license to go back to that previous life or that previous attitude or that previous understanding or that previous spirit. You get the unclean spirit out so that you won't be hindered in your walk for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, the same chapter starting at 21st verse. Look what it says. When a strong man armed. Now, how's this man? He's what? Armed. He got something on him, don't he? He he carrying something. He's got a load of something. It says he is armed. Is that right? When a strong man armed keepeth his what? Palace. Look at this. His goods are in peace. Is that not so? Yes, sir. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor, wherein he trusted, all his security, all his protection, where he trusted, and divideth his spoils. He that is not with me is against me. You hear what Jesus said? And he that gathereth not with me scattereth. Did you hear that? God considers you, your body, a temple of the Holy Ghost. And God doesn't take it kindly and nicely for His people to be prostituting themselves to other spirits. That is unclean when He's clean. Amen. Now, we're bitter spirits or the principality of bitterness gets its entrance in is through bad relations. Bad relations of any kind brings the entrance of bitter spirits. Amen. We know that there are seven categories. So let's just say seven other principalities that is with the bitter spirit, or let's say the powers or the rulers of darkness. Bitterness hosts unforgiveness, See we think that these are actual attitudes that that's just the way that I am. No. That ain't the way you are. That's the way that the old evil Adamic nature of man is. But the way you are born again by the precious blood of Jesus Christ that's not your nature. That's not your attitude and that's not your spirit. Do you understand that? Can you say amen? Amen. Can you say amen? amen? And you must understand that principle. A lot of times the way that we act is is not the nature of God. Hallelujah. Unforgiveness is not the nature of God. Resentment is not the nature of God. Retaliation is not the nature of God. Anger is not the nature of God in certain aspects. Let me throw that one in there. All right. Hatred is not God. Violence is not God. And murder is not God when we're speaking of in the bitter form. Amen. Hebrews twelve fifteen says this. Looking diligently. Now, let me ask you, how many of us actually look out for bitterness on a daily basis? You see what I mean? Let me ask you another question. Do you want to fail of the grace of God? Hmm? Well, you can't be just looking anytime you want to then. Just sashaying around. A person is looking diligently and is always on watch. That's their attitude. Looking diligently. Why do we need to look diligently? Lest any man fail of the grace of God. You hear that? How do you know when you fail of the grace of God? See, these are things we can ask ourselves as we go along and read. It says, lest any root of bitterness, that lets us know Anytime we have failed of God's grace, see, because when we fail of God's grace, meaning that we're able to actually display his character and his nature, then another nature will manifest through us, and it won't be God. Is that right? Can you say amen? It says you look diligently, brothers and sisters. Now, mind you, we're talking about your particular house. You yourself. You look diligently. See, a lot of times we won't go around and look at everybody else when we need to be looking at ourselves. Amen? Let me tell you something. As long as I've lived in this life, which hadn't been long at all, you know, let's put it like this. I'm a little over uh, half the years that allotted me. Now, you think about it. There are areas in every part and every aspect and every facet of our life that we need purifying in. See, what we do, sometimes we set ourselves up as judges in areas we're strong and in areas we weak, we become hypocrites. Amen. There are areas we are strong in and there are areas we are weak in. Is that right? And so in the judgment process, why judgment is always made with mercy. If you get judgment, it's not made with mercy, then it's not judgment. Now you have to understand, when judgment comes, that doesn't mean that every vessel is willing and able to receive it. But a righteous man, what the scriptures teach us, loves judgment. Is that right? We don't run from judgment. We love judgment. We want our works to be proven, whether it be of of ourselves, God, or Satan. Because the whole intent is because we want to be of God. Because the scriptures tell us we are of God. Is that right? And they that are of God, they hear us. And through that, that's why we know the spirit of truth and we we know the spirit of error. Because we're constantly discerning the Lord's body. This looking diligently is we have to clearly, continually keep the microscope on ourselves. It does no good for us to discern evil and wickedness on somebody else and we are partakers of the same thing. Now see, what we do is we don't think we're partakers of the same thing because we're judging in certain areas. But, you know, the Bible doesn't discriminate like that. If you find yourself judging somebody in a particular area and yet in another area you're doing the very same things, you are a hypocrite. Hallelujah. Now, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't judge righteous judgment because when you judge, you're actually going to be judging yourself. That's the truth. And the reason why we withhold judgment is because we have not looked diligently to do anything about purifying ourselves for judgment. That's the reason why we don't like judging others. Now, there must be judges in the land. There must be judges. Somebody who ain't going to take a bribe. A lot of times we don't think that we're taking bribes. Let me tell you something. If the devil has overcome you in any part of your life, past, present, and we can't say the future, but in the past or present, you know you'll take a bribe over judgment? Because you'll let condemnation and guilt and shame keep you from judging righteous judgment. And in order to do that, you're going to have to allow not only yourself, but the enemy to go under the blood. Where we With you are purified and count in an unholy and unsanctified thing. Now, I don't know if I'm saying words for you easy to be understood right now, but that's the truth. So we need to learn how to judge without hypocrisy. Amen. We need to judge righteous judgment and not be afraid of it. Is that right? Now, the scripture says, you look jealous lest any man fail of the grace of God lest any root of bitterness, look what bitterness does, it springs up and it doesn't bring you an overjoyous, rejoiceful worship type of a spirit. It brings a troubling spirit. Are you troubled anywhere? Then chances are you've given place to bitterness. I'm not talking about concern. I'm talking about troubled. And then it says this, thereby many be defiled. When a person is bitter, it goes out and it touches everybody who is around it. It defiles. The whole intent for the bitter spirit is to just tap the whole area, it's to defile the whole entire area. So, the first place that the bitter spirit tries to do is to defile the home, your body. See, it's giving us insight, it's letting us know that if you want to fail on the grace of God, then allow bitterness into your house, which is your body. is the temple of God. Amen. And then he's going to tell you what it does. It's going to bring trouble. And then what it's going to do is not only going to trouble you, but it's going to defile everybody else that is associated with you. That's why we're charged to be spiritual. Is that right? So when you are troubled, the troubled spirit, what it does is it branches out and it does everything it can to affect everyone around us. That's what the intent of this spirit is. Because it definitely ain't trying to make anybody holy. It's definitely not looking for peace. It definitely ain't looking for sanctification. Is that right? So have you ever been around a bitter person? Even you yourself. A bitter person, what they does is, is they cop their own attitude. Is that right? I didn't say God's attitude. I said their own attitude. Yeah, they do. And this attitude makes you think that it's really you when it's really the nature of that spirit. And so when we are deceived by this spirit, we end up protecting the bitter spirit rather than the Holy Spirit that is in us. Amen? Amen. That's what bitterness does. Now, y'all notice, I spoke a little bit. I'm not going to go into a great depth teaching on all of these spirits. I'm just hitting on them a little bit as time as we go. We talked about accusing spirits, right? Now we on bees bitterness. A B I did go to school. A B, and we'll see what's next. We will see what's next. Ah, <laughs> oh, never mind. Don't don't worry about it. We can tell who here though, can't we? Well, a bitter person he cops his own attitude. He don't care about what anything said because we're in the process of defending the spirit that we have received, rather than God amen. and His kingdom. Can you say Amen? Amen. amen. Bitterness defiles and is intended to defile everyone, defile everyone around us. Now, what does the strong man do? Hmm? Well, he never counts on us ever forgiving others the strong man is not there so you can have love joy peace and happiness he's there for a reason he's there to make sure that another kingdom is exercised another kingdom is operating and you must discern the Lord's body if you are the Lord's body and understand that whoever nature and character responds out of you that's who you're serving Now, let me help y'all a little bit at that particular time. Amen. The reason why he banks on us never forgiving others, because this is how he can keep his house. This is how he can keep it. So if you say, well, I'm not going to forgive nobody, then bitterness says, good, we have a relationship. And he has to, just like a salesman tries to do everything he can, including lie, cheat, and steal to sell you a vehicle. He has to sell you a bill of goods, too. He has to sell you something that is going to promote his agenda. Is that right? Now, once he has taken up residence or once he's taken up home in the body, amen, his nature can clearly be seen by those who have exercised their senses to discern good and evil. Everybody can't discern good and evil. Amen? Is that right? So, what does unforgiveness do? What is its actions? What does it do? Well, unforgiveness, it constantly reminds, rehashes, projects, and torments us with past negative events. Because it surely ain't telling us to think on these things whatsoever is holy. Whatsoever is good, holy, just, honest, and good report. So it has to constantly remind us and rehash and project and torment us with past negative events. It reminds us of what others have done to us. Notice all this is a remembrance. That's why our minds and conscience must be purged, has to be pure. Amen. Now, bitter what unforgiveness is doing. Now, notice bitterness principality, and then the, 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 the spirit that actually is building up a wall to protect. Bitterness is unforgiveness. That's like the first layer, okay? He's building up his little fortress around bitterness. And that's what unforgiveness does. It constantly rehashes and reminds us of past negatives. Amen? And then what it does is it, it is protected by the spirit of resentment. Amen? Now what resentment does it it, It constantly keeps a record of wrongs. And of course you do know in order for resentment to build its layer of protection, it has to fortify itself with more wrongs. The more wrongs and the records that it keep is the justification of it staying there. Did y'all hear that? Resentment, and you all know what resentment does because resentment generates feelings of ill will Towards a person that has wronged us. That's what resentment does. It gives us the it, it makes us feel the ill will towards the person who we are resenting. Now, mind you, resentment is the second layer that's protecting unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is shielding the principality of bitterness. That's its armor. It's not there in the business to be cast out. It's there to stay a while. Because it believes that your body is its home. So it's got to do everything it can to stay. And the way it it does that is it constantly deceives us in our minds. And it makes us think on the wrong things. Amen? Rather than the right things. Can y'all say amen or something? Oh, me, oh, my, or something. Amen. Just sitting here in similar to of the dead or living. You should be like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, Somebody said, Pastor, you expect us to be happy when we feel these things on the inside of us while you talking? Yeah, I do. Goodness of God leads to repent. Sure does. If God is good, and I know he is, leads to repent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So my attitude is not wrong in this area, brother. Well, since you put it that way, it ain't all the way to put it. (laughs) No sense I put it that way. Amen. So, resentment constantly reminds us of past events seeking to stir up negative sediments that stew infirmment within us. Y'all seen something sitting for a while. You know what I mean. Now, a good thing is the apple cider vinegar. And boy, you see all that stuff floating at the bottom called the mother. I remember Cindy said that, hey, boy, it had to be something. It had to be a woman, didn't he? It? It's the mother, boy. Who? Because <laughs> that is something else. Mothers ain't that bad, <laughs> but anyway, it has the mother in it. And if you want to get all of the benefits from the, the uh, organic apple cider vinegar, the mother must be stirred up. Don't moms usually try to heal situations? We talking about a caring mom. Sometimes a caring mom has to crack you upside your head and then put some bomb on it just so you can so she can say there's a situation that needs healing. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Resentment is stronger than unforgiveness. Did y'all hear that? It's a strong evil spirit. Resentment is stronger than unforgiveness because resentment is what paralyzes people and causes them to become very dysfunctional. I mean, after all, it has a job to do. Did y'all hear that? Retaliation protects resentment. Retaliation says, You are going to pay for all the hurt that you've caused. That's what retaliation does. And you have to understand, brother, we retaliate all different kinds of ways. Are you following me? Retaliation says this earth is not big enough for both of us, this area is not big enough for both of us. So something's going to have to be done. That's what retaliation, and that's how retaliation communicates. Are you following? Me? And people retaliate in all different kinds of ways. There's a violent way and non-violent way to retaliate. But it does it. Amen. And retaliation protects resentment. Resentment protects unforgiveness. And unforgiveness protects bitterness. You see the armor? Huh? It's just like peeling off layers of an onion. Is that right? It just, I mean, it's something else. So Then comes anger. Is that right? Anger expresses retaliation and lets us know that retaliation is there. See, because anger is its own separate entity which protects retaliation. Anger is its own separate entity that protects retaliation. Are you following me? Anger and wrath... outward expressions anger and wrath are expressions that tells others and this is the communication it should be sending to others who are spiritual minded what it's saying is we are not going to forgive you see it, it it carries a particular nature about itself brothers and sisters are you following so you see nowhere in this if we've given place to any of this in any area in our life this is an area where we are failing of the grace of God Amen. we can holler we got grace and mercy all we want but if we feel these things and then even as I'm talking you feel them things simmering and stirring up we touching on some areas and even then while I'm talking that thing would try to say things to defend itself because it don't want to be exposed that's what the word do The word is a light, a lamp, a light unto my path, a lamp unto my path. Is that right? The word is what light. It brings the light and it shines into darkness. I mean, come on. If all these spirits was the Holy Spirit, we'd be having a revival right now. But since we can't run, scream, jump, and shout, we know who it is. It's important for you to know these things that are working inside of you because you need to know the Lord's body. And you also need to know when these things are operating through others so when you hear its voice, you know what's working and it's there for a reason so you know what to do about it to try to help your brother and sister. Because we are in a spiritual warfare. Amen? Amen? I got a question. Have you ever seen anger in a person's eyes? It's a very real spirit then, isn't it? It's very real. Yeah, it is. It's it's really it's real, brothers and sisters. Amen. Whenever anger presents itself, <clears throat> it should be telling us that the principality of bitterness is fighting to gain even a stronger foothold. See because the more layer of protections it's got, that means you have to go through each one of these in order to get to it. You follow me? So, but, but if we do it uh, the good old American way, bomb everything, we get it all at once. <laughs> you know, we're Americans, we believe in bombing everything. That's why every time you turn around, something's blowing up in this country. Oh, boy. Amen. So whenever we allow certain things to fester in our past and over time, anger is not too far behind. Anger leads to hatred. Hmm? Hatred seeks to eliminate the other person. Because it don't love. Hatred don't want the other person nowhere in your life, nowhere around you. Is that right? Come on. Hatred reveals our feelings towards the other person or offender. Now the truth is, these have become our feelings because we've given place to evil. And in order for these feelings to stay real to us, we have to develop a nature of defense of the evil spirits and when we defend the evil spirits then we're not defending God because the spirits have deceived us into protecting them and the reason why we protect them because we are people more led by feelings and emotions rather than the spirit we supposed, we should be led by the spirit is that right the Bible says you walk in the spirit. And the reason why you walk in the spirit is based on a condition and so that you do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you can see that these spirits are not for us. They have deceived us, tricked us, bushwhacked us, hoodwinked us. Yeah, they have us. Because the only way that they can have legal ground and right to operate is as that we how to give them place to operate. Do we understand? Hmm? Hatred does whatever it takes to get even. Hmm? Hatred also has that voice saying, this world is not big enough for me. It ain't big enough for you. So therefore, I'm going to do something about you. Amen. Now let me tell you something, when all these things are building up, and let's say we come to an area and point in our life to where we have actually searched our heart, searched our memories, searched our past, all the things that causes us pain. When we're finally ready to forgive, bitterness has nothing to do but just flash up the past in our mind. And this gives us a justifiable reason why we shouldn't forgive. And when we don't forgive, it says, good, I can stay longer. But it has to fortify itself. So what it's going to do is do everything it can in its power to make sure that these constant memories, these constant flashes, these constant movies that are projected in the spirit of our mind, with along with these feelings would seal the matter. Stay there so it can have its fortress. Because his spirit really believed you're its home. So if he can't convince you, and the way he convinces convince you is through the memory, through the thoughts, through the pictures that are in the mind, and the feelings and emotions of that particular spirit. Is that right? He can convince you that he has a home to stay at. So hatred... Is protected by murder. Now let's go to 1 John 3.15. Murder is more than taking someone's physical life. Did y'all hear what I said? Matric hating. Murder is more than taking someone's physical life. The Bible says in 1 John 3.15, it says, Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. Now, let me stop right there for a second. The question will often pop in our mind, who is my brother? Well, that question was asked to Jesus too. Jesus pointed, he said, I'll show you who my brother is. Um, it's the one who, do, who does the will of my father, which is in heaven. And last time I checked, there's nobody here on this earth that is doing the perfect will of God. There are people that desire to do the perfect will of God. Is that right? And in that desire and in that walk of doing the perfect will of God, you are therefore showing that you're part of the brethren. Is that right? So the brethren are those who are doing the will of the Father. Now, you may not like where they're at in their area of doing the will of the Father. Nevertheless, they're doing the Father's will. Is that right? So whosoever hated his brother is a murderer. And then the scripture says, and you know that no murderer have eternal life abiding in him. In other words, don't expect the kingdom to be your home. Because there will be no hate when we get there. There will be no hate. There will be no murder. Amen. So God is very serious about expressing to us and showing us what it means to love. Amen? So, whosoever hated this brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer have eternal life abiding in him. In other words, I hear people all the time hollering, screaming, I got the Holy Ghost. But then you ask them, do you hate that? Yeah, I can't stand them. Man, you're a liar. And the truth ain't even in you. You lying pig dog, you. And then you're usually engaged in a verbal warfare because they're going to tell you what they all done to love the Lord. And, of course, I say, man, many people got a resume of what they all done. Come on. Yes, they do, too. Lord, have not I. Lord, have not I. Lord, have not I. God got it all covered. Amen? God don't want this shuck, sham, and hypocrisy in us, brothers and sisters. No, he don't, brothers and sisters. I'm serious. So the truth is, no murder have eternal life. Now, you know what a murder is. You can't usually tell a murder because we don't, you know, y'all have to understand. We live in a a very um, um, knowledgeable society. The scripture says that knowledge will be increased in the last days. So along with that knowledge comes wicked ways, more knowledge of how to do the wicked way too. Amen. 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 Murder is hate-filled speech. Hmm? murder is what causes the verbal attacks when you see the verbal attacks and hate filled speech you that learn how and have learned how to discern the Lord's body know you're dealing with just another layer of the principality of bitterness can you say amen Amen. now hey brother all this is very serious stuff because it's hard to walk in peace it's hard to walk in the anointing of God amen and it's hard to even feel the Holy Spirit when you're full of this mess hard to brothers and sisters because these spirits ain't gonna let you do the things that you should be doing you can't pray for somebody you hate hmm Come on, brothers and sisters. Let brotherly love continue. Is that right? The result of murder is to take away God's peace totally from you. And from your spirit. And make sure that God's peace is not even expressed in your life. That's the reason why you see people's faces disfigured look like stone hallelujah a good question is is does your heart ache because of certain things Hmm? then you better do something about it because that pain is already doing something about you amen hallelujah God said, I'll make them joyful in my house of prayer. What house are you going to build him? He expects for your body, which is the temple of the Holy Ghost, to be a house of prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, brothers and sisters. And just like I said, you may be feeling and sensing some of these things now. They can't help but to respond. It's just like taking a rock and throwing it off into a pack of dogs. When you hit that dog, he gonna uh, and let you know he there. You don't believe me? I don't don't, uh, condone dog abuse. Well, you take a stick and hit a dog, you don't even have to hit him hard and see what happens. He gonna let out some kind of little howl. Even if you don't even, uh, he already got it predetermined how he's gonna respond see these spirits hate because the truth exposes you know God says that if you you want to know a person of light you don't know any man of light they are the ones who expose darkness hallelujah amen do you have pain at yourself or someone then murder is operating See, you got to be careful because, see, we all, I mean, hey, we may not, some of us, man, we may get fully spirits, but the truth is, all of us want to be with Jesus. All of us want to be with Jesus. There ain't a no soul in here that doesn't want to be in the eternal kingdom of God. Hmm? And that's even this grace and mercy for us to even hear this. So if you're feeling these little pings, you better do something about them. Yes, sir. I, I, I don't don't get in this fine way we start speaking French. You know you feel the pings or not. They they can't help but show up because he's gonna do it, character and nature. Amen. If you got pain somewhere, you're gonna have to let the Lord heal that broken heart, amen. But you must be willing to call that devil a lie. That's just the truth. Let's go to Mark 11. Mark 11 verse 25. Hallelujah. And when ye stand praying. How many times do anybody here pray? Oh you do huh? When you stand praying. That means whenever you pray. Look what it says. Forgive. I'm telling you folks, it don't do no good to step up and try to pray and you got all in your heart against someone. I'm tell- You're just wasting your time. When you stand praying, this is not what Jesus says, forgive. If you have ought against any, if you have ought against a selective few, if you have ought against some, if you have ought against certain people you don't like, nah. If you have all against any, you know because it will show up in you. You just have to be honest with yourself. Amen. Amen. If you have all against any, that your father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Man, that is motivation. You know, I've often made a statement. There is not a person in this earth and on this world, on on this earth. There's not a person on this devil green earth. That is worth me suffering for. Hmm, somebody say, well, "Pastor, you supposed to say God's green there? If I would, if it was His, Amen. but it ain't His." Amen. The Bible tell me who world this is. Amen. Yeah. Right. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, it's good motivation. So if you got all in your heart against any, what good motivation? This is just grace and mercy for Jesus even to speak these words. That your father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. You need to forgive, amen. Then he he goes on to give us more insight. But, based on conditions, situations, circumstances. But, if you do not forgive. Neither will your father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Is that the Messiah, the Savior of the world speaking? Is that him? He is, that is in red letter, right? Believe it or not, we have to, get, we have to really bring our, our reading comprehension up very high to identify that it's written in red letters. That lets us know that we can't comprehend who's, who taught. Because some people don't want to hear it unless it's written in red letters. And if they can't even comprehend what was written in red letters, how in the world can they get the rest of it? Amen. Let's go to Matthew 18. So the motivation is, you want to be forgiven, man, you, who, you better forgive. Hallelujah. Now, I'm telling you, you see, if the emotional hurt and pain wasn't there, then it'd be easy for you to forgive, wouldn't it? Well, let me tell you something. If, there were, if the emotional hurt and pain wasn't there, you wouldn't have no need to forgive. Hallelujah. But since it's there, it's communicating something to us. Matthew 18, 34. You know, I'll go over this whole thing, but let's read it. And the Lord, and his Lord was wroth. And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors. Did y'all hear that? Till he should pay all that was due him. You know, when somebody dies in they sin, and because sin can only be paid for one way, that's by the blood of Jesus, The sinner that dies in his sins has to spend all of eternity paying for something that he can't pay. And you wouldn't believe how many people are dead and in them graves full of unforgiveness, full of bitterness. We preach and tell this because we don't want one soul where the Holy Spirit, the Spirit goes out of this body To have to go back, go in that grave and you haven't had the opportunity to search your heart to see if there's anybody you bitter against. As much as God talk about this, you know, he got to be serious about this. You know, he puts a lot of emphasis on this, brothers and sisters and it's hard to read in the scriptures. I don't care where you come from. Genesis, to revelation. You cannot miss the fact that God is very serious about this issue. Oh, I'm sure people have hurt you. People have disappointed you. People have done you wrong. But let me get in the mirror here just for a second. Let me hold the mirror up here just for a second. How many people have you hurt? How many people have you done wrong? How many people have you done an injustice to in your life? You would, none of us is innocent in this matter, brothers and that's the truth. We're not innocent at all. But we can be innocent by the blood of Jesus. So truth is, y'all taking the attitude that I have, I don't care how many people I've hurt. How many people have done me wrong? I'm just going to get it right. Even if it hurts bitterness to get it right. Because it will hurt because he's getting an eviction notice. You can't stay here. <laughs> you got to go somewhere else. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God says so likewise shall my father, my heavenly father do also unto you. If you from your hearts, and you see, we, indif, we define that from your heart thing. You see, you know when you're truly forgiven when there's no pain in the heart. When there's no pain from the memory. When there's no pain from the picture. When there's no pain, when a feeling tries to come up and associate you with the event of the past. That's when you know you're forgiven. It's the same way if you, as if you've never done any wrong. If you've never done nothing wrong or never done anybody wrong in any particular areas, you don't feel anything from it. That's the same way with forgiveness. You know you've forgiven from the heart when there's no pain. Hallelujah. What a beautiful way. So, so likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you if you from your hearts forgive not every one. His brother their trespasses What? not forgive particular people certain people no everyone his brother their trespasses (laughs) tormentors what are they stress, anxiety, fear, depression bitterness hey let me tell you something those of us that are born again filled with God's Holy Spirit this is not a natural expression not from the born again person it's not it's not a natural expression Hebrews 12 13 and make straight paths for your feet lest that which is lame be turned out of the way every time the devil come to injure us he's hoping to seek and to get us out of the way is that right because we're supposed to be on a straight and narrow path is that right brothers and sisters so the instructions is you make straight pass for your feet lest that which is lame be turned out of the way but let it rather be healed let it but do let it what rather what be healed let it rather be healed is that something follow peace with all men and holiness follow peace with people who you like is that what it says follow peace with your brother and sister only Follow peace with uh, the dog, the cat, and neighbor, and everybody else. No. no, I said follow peace with just... No, follow peace with a selected a few people. No. Follow peace with all men. You hear that? That means you should actively be pursuing situations, lives, and circumstances of peace. God don't like contention in his body. Follow peace with all men. Hey, let me tell you something. You'll usually find out when mostly bones of contention come in is because there's ignorance somewhere. Ignorance means a lack of knowledge of God's word somewhere. There's a lack of destruction. I mean, there's a lack of pure, holy knowledge, which if we understood, there'd be certain things we wouldn't do. Let's tell the truth. We're just going to have to stop defending the devil. Amen. So you follow peace with all men and Holiness. See, holiness is a way. Without which, without what? Without falling in peace with all men and without being holy. No man shall see the Lord. Is that right? Yes, then it goes on. We already read it. Look in diligently. Lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness. See, he's serious about this stuff. He's serious. Springing up. Why do you know you're bitter? Because you do the one in trouble. Troubles you. And then that trouble is seeking to go out and defy everything in his path. Then he gives us an example. Lest there be any fornicator. Now notice he's putting a bitter person in the same category as a fornicator. Yeah, he is. Or profane person. As Esau. Who for one morsel of meat he sold his birthright. Why? Look at this. Check this out. You mean to tell me, brothers and sisters, that you will sell your inheritance for a bitter spirit? Huh? Just so you can be justified? You mean to tell me you will throw away eternity for a bitter spirit? Don't give me that one saved, always saved junk, because if, if it was, we wouldn't get all these warnings in the scripture. Amen. But the Bible gives us the analogy, and it is this. For ye know how that after when he would have inherited the blessing, Esau would have, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance. See, that's what bitterness hope to do. Hope that you get so filled up and so topped off with it that you can't even repent. That you don't even repent, don't even look for no repentance. It's got to defend itself somehow. It must justify itself somehow. For he found no place of repentance though he sought it carefully with tears. Can you imagine getting to a certain place where you allowed your body, which is a temple of God, to be topped off with such a level of evil that even when you go through the emotions and knowing what you can do, you still can't get no, you still can't get no forgiveness for it. Because you can't get rid of the spirit. Isaiah 35 eight says. And a highway shall be there. And a way. And it shall be called the way. Of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. But it shall be for those. The wayfaring men. Though fools. Shall not err therein. Brothers and sisters, we must identify bitterness. And I can tell you one thing, we can forget about that old saying, it's easier said than done, because I just got finished easily exposing it. I remember a long time ago, early on in my little Holy Ghost journey, here, I used to ask people, how do you define bitterness? And they would just give me just a, you know, just a little small statement about bitterness. And I go, man, that ain't defining bitterness for me. How in the world do I define bitterness? So I couldn't really get any answers, so I had to start searching for myself. When I started searching in the scripture, I say, well, that's how you define bitterness. And then I start um, having other knowledge of other men who understood about the spirit come into my path because I was seeking for her. Seeking for who? I was seeking for wisdom. The Bible said wisdom is at the doors, ready to talk to you if your heart is open unto it. Remember, wisdom was the one that was there when it said, Let us create man in our own image. Amen. Matthew 18 15. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. And if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Mm, You want to solidify a relationship. Don't go talking to everybody else about your brother's fault. Just go talk to him. But if he will not hear thee, take with thee two or more. You hear that? That in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. I remember I went to a church and I said, Ma'am, I'm looking at a church full of heathens. First thing they did through ignorance got mad at me. I could understand if I wasn't telling the truth. I'm serious some people took it as an insult and if I was that spirit I would be insulted too yeah. <laughs> but when I start talking about situations and circumstances where we don't go to our brother and we go run and slander gossip, tail bearing, back bite and go do it to everybody else then all of a sudden they, the church is full of heathens yeah. we just didn't like the context it was put in which was the right order context that's what this, the lack of knowledge and the destruction of it does it causes us to run from the things that we should be running to. Amen? Causes us to be destroyed by things that we're ignorant of. Amen? So how should we forgive? I don't know. How many times did your Father in heaven forgive you? Hmm? I don't know. If you want to be kind of funny and say 490 times, when you going to meet that one? I mean, if you just want to go seven times 70, when are you going to meet that? Well, people are constantly always doing me wrong. I keep telling you, I don't know nobody does you wrong. I know there's a lot of perception of wrong. Amen, brothers and sisters. So more than anything, let's don't let the devil get a foothold in our life and, and protect Bitterness or even have it in our hearts. Cuz it's ill will, boy. I mean, it it'll drive you to madness. It'll 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 it'll, it'll, it'll rake you over the coals. It would tear the fight of you. Come on up here, Evangelist Mike. Come up here and pray for brother. Brother Axel, brother. It would whoop the fight of you, folks. Yes sir. Yes ma'am. God wants us to be a people of understanding, amen, and a people of love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless the name of Jesus. We hope that you enjoyed it because I definitely wanted to cut this thing down. I didn't want it to be long. But, brothers and sisters, there ain't nobody worth you being bitter at. Amen. Not, not one person. I don't care who it is. Amen. The Bible says, yeah, you ain't got to owe nobody nothing but to love them. Yeah. And to love them come at a great price. I'll show you what kind of love we should have Did not Jesus love us enough to lay down his life And we ain't even came nowhere near close to that So we've had love perfected Showed to us And personified To where there's no misunderstanding So you want to know what the culmination of love is You've got it all in Jesus But the power that love is showed When we can demonstrate how much love We love for him because he loved us And let me tell you something about charity. It suffers long. And it is kind. Hallelujah. Charity don't bone of itself and make itself known in the gates. Is that right? Hallelujah. So the devil is a lie like he always been from the beginning. God is the truth. And the one thing about truth, it it will set you free. That's the reason why we talked on this today, brothers and sisters, because we need to, let, we need to be free. Amen. And he who the son said free is free indeed. Now our call indeed is you free to walk out that freedom in your life. Hallelujah. And to not have any hindrances. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So if you want some prayer and you're tired of the devil, then come get in line. If you don't, praise the Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words of truth. We bless you for your word. We glorify and honor your holy name. Thank you for your truth for this Sabbath day. May these sands sink down in our hearts and we can glorify your name and honor you before all men. You are king and we thank you for your truth. We bless you for all things. Amen.